Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started so that we can end uh, at a reasonable time for us to start our council meeting. Um, and so I'll just say thank you all for coming for this update on the CARES program. Um, as you may have seen, we had a press conference earlier today announcing the expansion to a second vehicle at a second site, which is very exciting. Um, you're going to hear way more information, I hope, than that in the presentation. So I'm just going to turn it over to Assistant Chief Stedman to give us the update. are a lot of data and then I'm going to be happy to answer questions um, but just for reference the data is from September 1st of last year when we started through the end of June of this year so um, we have been on a total of 678 calls as of yesterday but this data goes through about 610 calls so the first slide is um, just kind of calls per district we can go to the next one yep sorry it's hard with a PDF isn't it there we go. Um, so calls per district, you know, when we started the first three months, we were only responding in the central district. And naturally, we were told from the police department that we would probably see more calls in the central district anyway. But um, after the first three months, we started responding citywide. So I imagine that this trend will end up evening out a little bit more over time. But the central district will likely be our busiest district moving forward as well. Um, next slide. And it's up to you all if you want to ask questions as we go through this, or you can ask at the end. I'm fine either way, of course. Um, so yeah, go ahead and go to the next one. One too far. It's okay. So um, the the previous call or the the folks um, that have seen previous services, this kind of speaks to how important it is for us to be working with Journey Mental Health. Um, with 63% of the folks that we've been able to sit down and talk with and assess, 63% have actually had a touch with Journey Mental Health. Now, their records go back decades, so we know that some of these touches might have been a long time ago. Um, but in order for us to really manage a person's behavioral health crisis appropriately, it's really nice to see a care plan history to give us a path forward that's most appropriate for the patient. So 33% um, of the patients we've seen have been repeat uh, callers for us. So we, we tend to see some of the same people over again. Um, and that's the, the nature with, with EMS services as well, of course. Um, and 15%. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, if the chair could hit unmute. You want my mic on? Oh, no, we want the unmute. On the, okay, there we go. Yep, there we go. Oh. Yep. go Are you, okay. <laughs> did you hear everything I was saying? Okay. All right. No, we did not. They all oh. did, but they did. Apologies, gotcha. Um, and then so 15% of the, of the folks that we've seen, um, we've noted are experiencing some sort of homelessness. Go to the next slide. Um, just general age breakdown. You can see there's nothing really remarkable here. We do see adolescents and teenagers um, when called for, but that's not a very common call for us. Um, so the age breakdown is kind of a trend that we would expect to see. Next slide. Uh, race and ethnicity, um, we do our best to capture this data. Um, you can see that about 11% of the folks choose not to report or we can't get that information from them. But this is um, about what we would expect to see. It's in the neighborhood of the makeup of the population of Madison, um, but certainly important uh, for us to be gathering this information. And we also um, gather it by district as well. Next slide. 
And then this is kind of the important one that shows the trend of call volume since we started September 1st of last year. So um, we started in that central district, like I, like I mentioned, and then once we opened up citywide, um, we started experiencing higher call volume. And we also were able to put our second CARES team into service a couple of days a week whenever we had enough staffing. So that helped us with some extra call volume as well. Um, I know we just had a press conference today that said we're launching the, the second CARES team, but that's the full-time second team. Um, so we, like I said, we have been able to put the other team in service occasionally, um, which has helped out quite a bit. And it's also helped that we've been meeting with the 911 center every two weeks to go over the call types that we're responding to so that they can make sure that they're still giving us the calls that the CARES team should be going on um, as opposed to law enforcement. Um, but I can tell you that we all were a little bit cautious in the very beginning of the program and we probably didn't respond to every call that we could have because we were learning and we're still learning to this day. But the, the, the good thing is, is that the trend is going up and uh, the success for me is that we've been on 678 calls for service um, in, instead of or in lieu of law enforcement. Uh, next slide. And so this uh, talks a little bit about uh, CARES 2 and how they're able to assist us with uh, call volume. So in April um, of this year, we were able to put CARES 2 in service just like one day a week, and then slowly we were able to get them in service a little bit more. Um, this was due to uh, the journey crisis workers. They, they, um, we only had the two initially, and then it, through the process of, of hiring two more, we've able to slowly be able to get this other team in, in service. So, um, you know, the, the, the bar on top is CARES 2. So when they've been in service, about 70% of the time this last month they've been in service, they've been able to take uh, quite a few of the calls um, for service as general. Um, sorry, you can go to the next slide. I just lost my computer, but I can go off this. So um, the, the second CARES location is on Fish Hatchery. It's 2120 Fish Hatchery, the old town of Madison uh, building um, that had the police department, fire department, and clerk's office. And so that's where CARES 2 will be responding out of full time now. Um, when CARES 2 was in service over the past few months, they were both running out of Fire Station 3. Next slide. Should be one more. Oh, oh, there should be a, just a last slide that shows a bar graph of the outcomes. Okay, I can just speak to it. So the, the, the last slide basically showed the outcomes. 42% uh, of the people that we've seen have been uh, engaged in services, in some sort of community service, mental health service, and 18% uh, have been engaged with an acute emergency medical health service, so, so like CARES crisis unit, hospitals, and other more acute services. So that's about 58% of the folks that we've seen have been engaged or connected with very important services. That the other the other 42% um, have been basically folks that we were able to make an intervention with on scene, um, provide uh, on scene services through the Journey Mental Health uh, Crisis Worker, and they didn't need any further follow up or they were folks that simply refuse services. That happens occasionally as well. About 20% of the calls we go uh, on um, responses for our check welfare, check, check person type calls. When we get there, they actually didn't need us or there was nobody there. Um, and then there's also a subset of people that actually did end up needing a law enforcement uh, response. And so far, um, law enforcement has had to transport 2% of the clients that CARES has gone to see first. 
So to us, that, that is a good number, right? Of that 678 folks that we've seen, 2% of them have ended up being transported by law enforcement for either an emergency detention or some other uh, law enforcement issue. Um, and then some folks need to be referred to medical services, to EMS, for a transport via ambulance. So um, the, the, you know, the, good, the majority, the 58% that we're actually referring and connecting to services are the important ones for us. Questions? And sorry I lost this. Oh, there it is. There it is. Nice work, Mayor. <laughs> I don't Let's know. See if I, got I didn't my do anything. Right. It's so all the 40, clerk. 40% <laughs> and 18% is 58%. And then the bottom is 42%. So, yeah, that connection or reconnection to stable services is 40. Connection to acute emergency services at 18. And other outcomes, like I said, is kind of that general group that didn't need a direct connection with services at the time. Hey. Now I can answer questions. Thank you. Uh, we'll take questions now. Uh, Alder Curry. Thank you. Um, two questions. I guess I'm not a mental health practitioner, but when you said that the data about ages wasn't shocking, I guess to me it was because it seemed like the highest percentage was those 65 and older. And I'm wondering if there's any, the presumption I would say is if you're further along in life, maybe there are better ways to access resources than being younger and not knowing. And are there any trends that you all are seeing? And then the second part was for the last slide about um, the connection, like what's considered a connection? I referred and I made touch or I referred and we know that person was accepted for services. Yeah, that, that's, that's the I know. So let me go to the first one, the first question about ages. So 65 and older is a, is a larger age group than the rest of the groups that, that we grouped out there. And also you find folks with you know, early onset dementia and a number of other things that the elderly population sees. Um, and they tend to be the ones that might call 911 a little bit more um, if they are home alone um, and need of um, you know whatever type of service it is they, they tend to be the ones that are more comfortable calling more as well um, like you said you're not a mental health practitioner nor am I so I, I couldn't get too much deeper into it um, but I that'd be a great question for journey mental health might be able to answer it better um, and then with the with the connections so th the question is um, about the the services that we connected people to it's not just like hey here's a number we want you to call that that's not a connection to service at all. Um, so the, the, um, the data that we showed um, was actually after we follow up with people on follow-up phone calls and downstream making sure that they're staying connected, that's what we consider connection to services. Um, and that's why there's that 42% that or whatever that, that didn't have connections because we, we can do our best to try to connect folks and they're not always agreeable or they need other services. But yes, that is a true connection where um, it was either a warm handoff, like we, we drove them somewhere and talked with a counselor at the hospital or, or whatever else. But yeah, those are true connections. Thank you, Alder Heck. Thank you, Mayor, and uh, thanks, Chief Stebbin, uh, for speaking to us about this and for all your work. Um, two questions. Um, can, you, can you just speak generally to um, the relationship and ongoing perhaps dialogue training between CARES and dispatch, because I assume there are kinks to work out. How do you get better referrals? How do they, you know, how that's progressing? And then the second question is, can you address staff retention from, for both fire department and journey mental health? Because I'm yes. wondering about that a lot of training goes into this and I'm hoping folks are sticking around. I worry a lot about retention and I worry a lot about longevity. 
Um, but to answer your first question, we meet every two weeks with the 911 center. So the director is Louis Bixler, and then we also meet with his uh, operations director um, and a manager. So um, the questions um, in those meetings are exactly what you're talking about. It's about call types. It's about miscommunications between law enforcement, fire department, EMS, and CARES. Um, and it's about the call types that we um, think we should be going on, but the dispatchers maybe aren't sending us on because of some safety questions. And just as an example, early on, if a homeless person, for example, said that they had a pocket knife in their pocket, right, the, 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 they ask safety questions, do you have a knife on you? A homeless person says, well, yes, I have a pocket knife on me. They might not have sent cares. Once we found out that was happening, we're like, listen, we understand that, that homeless folks probably have a knife on them. It's, it's about their intent and their behavior at the time. And our, our crisis workers from Journey and our paramedics were, were comfortable going on those sort of calls. So um, it, it's, it's all about keeping the dialogue going. But we do have a standing meeting every two weeks on Tuesdays at 11 AM with the 911 Center to help correct some of this stuff. And, and it's also with the police department as well. There's a police department representative in that meeting. Our core team of providers is in that meeting. Um, so, you know, it's not just the, the chief and the director having conversations about it. Um, our CARES medics and journey crisis workers are involved as well. Um, and, and then I talk so much, I, oh, retention, yes. So um, I, I can tell you that, that luckily in, in the fire department, um, we don't have a big retention issue. Um, our paramedics um, seem to have good job, job satisfaction. They're well paid, and I'm not too concerned about jobs about retention on that end. Uh, the journey crisis workers, we already had one of our first crisis workers that got hired, took a job as a social worker at St. Mary's Hospital. You know, they're master's level um, with experience. Um, folks in the social services don't get paid a lot of money. Um, and so Journey is working on that piece. Um, I know that they've increased salaries and benefits a little bit over time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about retention. And um, the, the, it's really more on the, the crisis worker side of things just because of the nature of how much they're paid. And, and honestly, um, it's been a rough couple of years. Um, crisis workers are overtaxed more now than they have been ever in the past. And so that's another layer to all of this. And, and so, yeah, I, I'm concerned and I don't think I have all the answers about how we're going to retain folks, especially as we keep growing, other than to keep working with Journey Mental Health. And Dane County Human Services holds the contract and maybe they can um, offer some um, thoughts on how we can increase the, the retention as well. Thanks. I appreciate the answers. So I have two, uh, three alders in the queue and two minutes before our assigned stop time. Uh, so if you can keep your questions and your answers short, that would be great. Uh, Alder Wahili. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Thank you for the update. Uh, my question is between September 21st and June 22nd, you had 600 calls. Was this number expected or was less you know, less than expected. And my second question is, uh, what has been your outreach strategy, especially to the marginalized community? Yes. As I saw the uh, demographic, there were less percentage for yeah. uh, people of color who have been, uh, uh, who have used the program. Yeah, and so, so to, to speak to the demographics, um, you know, if you look at the population in the city of Madison and what the breakdowns are, what I mentioned was is that, is that our numbers seem relatively consistent with the breakdown of the populations in the city of Madison. Um, but 
we, we have been doing quite a bit of outreach. We have a, a person hired at public health that's helping us with, with outreach. And, and, and you know, I've, I've spoken to, you know, quite a few of the alders um, in here with, with groups that they've wanted me to come to. Um, but I, we're always open to suggestions about outreach. Um, the call volume question, we didn't really know exactly what to expect. You know, we knew that the police department went on like 7,000 mental health calls over, over a previous year, but that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so we initially expected to be a little bit busier. And so that's why we started in that central district. And then we expanded pretty quickly because we had the capacity to go on more calls. So at this point, gone on, going on 678 calls um, in not quite a year, yeah, I think I would have expected a little bit more. But we also didn't know what we didn't know. And we were a little cautious to start um, and safe. But now we're trying to, to catch up. And we're still looking at a lot of data. We need a lot more numbers to really tell us if what we're doing is the right way to do things. Thank you. Thank you. Alder Brevere. Thank you, Mayor. And thank you, Chief, for your efforts and for your presentation this evening. I have two questions. I'll try to be quick about them. Me too. The, 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 the first is, uh, obviously, CARES 1 has been operating 11A to 7P. I understand the announcement this morning uh, spoke to expanded hours. Uh, could you share what those expanded hours yeah. are? Great question, because we didn't mention that. Um, so when we have two teams working full-time five days a week, we're going to have one team start at, at 8 a.m., and then the other team is going to start later in the day so that they can serve until 8 p.m. So we'll have 12 hours of coverage Monday through Friday. Um, so, so, that, so they'll be working those eight-hour days, but they're going to overlap in the middle. And the, the middle of the day is actually when we have the highest call volume. So, so we'll have two teams in service at the same time for four hours in the middle of the day. Um, and the, the next expansion, and this is a little bit down the road, and I'll be quick, the next expansion um, that, that we are going to ask for is to start working some weekend hours, at least eight hours on Saturday, eight hours on Sunday, hopefully in the 23 budget. You anticipated my follow-up, and, and, and so that was, does the CAD system or other... Uh, data or anecdotal perhaps even um, uh, share with you all what you think the next need is is it the weekend midday is it yes the, the, the evening next, it, the next need is is weekends during the day believe it or not um, evening hours are not an incredibly bus busy time I would have told you otherwise as a paramedic working in this city for years I would have said that that weekends and evenings were the busiest but that's not what the data showed and then if I could squeeze one more quick one in, I couldn't help but notice the different vehicles mm -hmm. uh, between what you have at Station 3 on Willie and the temporary Station 6 at Fish Hatch. Is that purposeful or is that just temporary that you've oh, changed the look of the vehicles? It's purposeful. We're going to be using fire department SUVs. Um, in order to get from Willie Street to the far west side of Madison, we can't have a minivan with no lights and sirens. It was taking us way too long to get around the city. I see. We need an emergency vehicle. I know that wasn't the, the most desired vehicle for us to use, but we, we need to. Are you saying that the protocols are now that CARES 1 and CARES 2 would do respond hot to most calls? or Not most, but, oh. but they will if, if needed. I see. And, and that's, that, that's just, the unfortunately, the nature of the 911 business is that they need to get places more quickly than they can get right now. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alder. Alder Miadze, last question. Thank you, Mayor. Um, and thank you for the presentation. I really appreciate it. Yeah, just two quick questions. I uh, just wanted to see if uh, alders can still uh, come and uh, check out, and, you know, dispatch and see uh, see what calls and, you know, go to CARES. and Certainly. Okay, and a second quick question was also, uh, do you keep the data on how many calls MPD goes out to and say, well, you know what, this is a CARES issue or vice versa? So yes, but it's hard to track. So we know we, we know when MPD is going in, instead of CARES because CARES isn't available, but when CARES isn't in service, 
um, we have a hard time getting the police department data to show us exactly how many calls would have been appropriate for CARES because they're handled in a different way, uh, if that was kind of your question. Oh, yes. Thank you. We're, we're still working on that piece. There's, there's data coming in from a lot of different organizations, and we, have, we struggle with it sometimes. Oh, thank you. All right. Thank you much, all of you, and thank you, Chief, for uh, giving this the presentation. Um, certainly, Alders, you're welcome to follow up uh, directly with Chief Zedman if you have additional questions in the future um, and uh, want a more specific dive into the data. Thanks again, Chief. We're um, about seven minutes out from the council meeting, um, so we'll adjourn our presentation until then.